Hello and welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast. As you listen to this message, I pray that you're built up, encouraged through God's Word, and I pray that His Holy Spirit leads you and guides you in the way that you should go. I pray that He gives you answers for your questions, healing and help for your life. Most importantly, I pray that this Word helps you to become more like Jesus and a greater influence for Him in our church and in your world. Now, let's grow together. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Good morning. How are we? Good morning. Welcome to Grace Avenue Church for our second service today. Hey, uh, we have been in a Kingdom Families series. We've been teaching on this for the last couple of weeks, and I, I broke ground the last couple of weeks, and uh, we, we've really had an incredible response to this message. There's just a lot of healing and a lot of things happening in, in people's lives, a lot of decisions being made around this whole idea of family. And what we wanted to do for the next month is throw in some special ingredients, some extra spices into this whole series. So we have some surprises over the next month, and today, kicking off that surprise is my good friend, Pastor Dante Banks from God Chasers Community Church. Uh, he's here with his lovely wife, Tabitha. Tab, can you guys stand up real quick so we can just introduce you properly? Yeah. Um, Dante is one of my best friends in the entire world. Uh, we, we've been friends for a long time and, and preached at each other's churches and known each other, and we walked through some stuff together. And um, I, I'm so excited to have him. But for those of you who don't know him, maybe if you're newer, um, he used to speak here all the time. And then around, you know, the COVID time, when 2020, when we, we shut down, uh, we haven't had a lot of guest speakers. We've been rebuilding. There's been a whole process of rebuilding, and um, it's pretty much been me you've hearing or some of our team. But most everybody knows him as Uncle Dante. <laughs> so he's been here forever. So he's got a key to the door. He's always coming in. So I'm excited that he's bringing the word today on this topic. So do me a favor. Would you honor my friend? The Bible says honor, show honor to whom honor is due. Would you honor Pastor Dante? As he brings the word of the Lord today. Can we give it up for the Lord today? Can we just take 30 seconds and just give it up? Come on. Come on. All over the building. Come on. You serve a don't stop God, so don't stop where you normally stop. Can we just praise the Lord? I know it's unorthodox, but God's been so good. He's been so wonderful. He's been so amazing. I dare you to just to think about one thing. The Bible says, woo. Just all you got to do is think about one thing, and then you can say, thank you, Jesus. Whenever I think, I think. I'm still waiting for two or three more people to join in here. My grandma used to say, when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, thank God for saving me. I'm so glad I'm saved today. I'm so glad that I get to worship with this great cloud of witnesses. I'm so glad to be at Grace Avenue again. You know, wherever you are, you are Grace Avenue, amen? Amen. So I'm grateful to be here with you guys. Can you give yourselves a hand or give yourselves a round of applause? I also, I, I, I just want to, and I'm, I'm going to read some scripture. I'm going to do all the obligatory stuff. Don't worry. So I'm going to do all the things. Uh, I do want to take a second and really just acknowledge your pastor. I mean, you guys really have a really great pastor. I, I was sitting at dinner with him uh, yesterday, 
And I just, he started to talk about something that he was passionate about. And I just, I just thought, man, like, this is the real, like, this is a real guy right here, man. And, and he belongs to you guys. He loves you guys. He prays for you guys. He only cares about you guys. And so can you just take a few seconds and just honor your pastor? Come on. Come on. Come on. Give honor where honor is due. Amen. Amen. Hey, man, thank you, man. Thank you for our friendship, our relationship. Thank you for your wisdom. Whenever you speak into my life, man, I, I, I receive it. I tell even when I don't like it, I receive it. And I'm grateful for your friendship, man. I'm grateful for your friendship. Amen. One more time for your pastor, please. Uh, I know y'all, I know y'all clapped once for her, but uh, Paul said, it is good for you to hear this again. Can y'all do me a favor and just clap for my queen, Pastor Tabitha Banks. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you for being with me. Thank you for traveling with me. Thank you for dedicating your life to stand next to me. I'm so grateful that you stand next to me. You'll never have to stand behind me. You'll always stand beside me. Amen. I'm super grateful for uh, Kevin, my armor bearer, and Latuana, her armor bearer. Can you, can you guys help us celebrate them? And I see another friend of mine, Pastor Alex is here. Can y'all give it up for Pastor Alex? That's my guy right there, man. Mount Mariah. <laughs> That's my guy right there. Pastor Alex preached our church crazy one time. Talking about Mount Mariah. He was gone, man. It was great, man. Thank you so much, man. I got to get you back over there, man. Amen. Amen. Listen, okay. Genesis chapter 26. Now, Genesis chapter 26. Now you can start the clock right here. I want to turn to Genesis chapter 26. If you guys could remain standing for a second. I'm, I'm sorry. I know you want to sit down. I'm, I'm from the old school. We stand for the reading of the word. We just do this is what we do. Amen. I don't have a good reason why we do it. We just do it. So let's just do it together. Regale me today. Okay. Genesis chapter 26. I'm going to do a little bit of reading and uh, we'll see where the Lord takes us. Now, there was a famine in the land besides the previous famine that had occurred in the days of Abraham. Lord Jesus, I wish I could just preach that line right there because, whoo, Lord have mercy. The same thing that happened to you is going to happen to your children. The same thing that happened to your mother is going to happen to you. Does that make sense? Uh, you, it, okay, I'll keep going. Uh, <laughs> so Isaac went to Gerar to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines. Keep going. And the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Look at your name and just scream. Don't go down to Egypt. It, I said scream. Why are y'all disobedient? Okay, no, that's okay. <laughs> do not go down to Egypt. Stay in the land which I should tell you. Number three, come on. So uh, sojourn in this land and I will be with you and bless you for to, excuse me, for to you and to your descendants. I will give all these lands and I will establish an oath with you, the one that I swore to your father. The same blessing that belonged to Abraham also belongs to you. And I will multiply your descendants, the same promise that I made to Abraham. You got to have read chapter 12 if you weren't here this morning. I'm sorry. But uh, 
He said, the same promise that I made to Abraham, I'm making again to Isaac. And I will give, you, give it to your descendants. All these lands by your descendants and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Verse 5, because Abraham obeyed me and kept my charge. Wait, wait, wait. Not because Isaac was good, because Abraham was, oh, Lord, have mercy. Not because Isaac did right, because Abraham did right. There are some blessings that you are going to receive because somebody in your line prayed for you. Somebody in your, you had a grandma, you had a mother. Is there anybody who could testify? Somebody prayed for me, had me on their mind, took the time to pray for me. Because he kept my statues and my laws. Do we have six? So Isaac lived in Gerar. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we love you. Lord, help me help them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen, and you can have your seats, amen. Amen. Again, thank you guys for being here with me today. I'm so grateful to be at Grace Avenue again. I really do. I love this church. If I, if I didn't have my own church, I'd go here. <laughs> Real, man. I love your pastors. I, I, I really do, and I, I love the people here. You guys are such wonderful people, and you're doing such a wonderful work. And, and, but I just want to tell you a little bit about me today. Can I do that? Can I talk about me? It's my favorite subject. I'm really good at it, too. I mean, I'm, I'm so good at talking about me. Uh, I want to tell you about me. Um, I grew up on the east side of San Antonio. I grew up on the east side. <laughs> All right. Somebody else grew up on the east side of San Antonio. At least one other person in here grew up on the east side of San Antonio. I grew up on the east side of San Antonio um, uh, in, in the worst neighborhoods that San Antonio has to offer, literally. Like, it's like my mom said, oh, that's a hellhole. Let's go there. <laughs> we moved to all the worst places that San Antonio had to offer. And um, my, my mom and my dad got divorced when I was about five years old. My mom and my dad got divorced when I was about five years old. When I was about five years old, I, I don't have a lot of memories of them, but every memory that I have of them together, they were fighting. I have vivid memories. And, and um, my mom is a black woman, so I don't mean arguing. <laughs> I mean... That's how black women fight. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> So <laughs> I, had, I have these vivid memories of them fighting. They had a volatile relationship. And um, they, they finally got divorced, but his parting gift to her was that he taught her how to smoke crack cocaine. That was, that was his goodbye present. <laughs> and so for, from the time I was five to the time I was about 14, one or both of my parents were on drugs, heavy drugs like the real stuff, like New Jack City stuff. And this was my life. I grew up under this sort of picture. This is the Abrahamic story that governed my life. And because of that, you sort of, you, you, you get in a place where you're like, well, this is all I'll ever have because this is all my dad ever had. The truth is, I didn't know this at the time. I'm, I actually just learned some of this this year, that my dad never knew his dad. My dad's dad got killed when he was 19 years old. He had my dad when he was 17, and he got killed when he was 19 years old. Everybody's like, whoa, this, turn, this took a turn. So my dad never spent any time with his dad at all. 
Sometimes you got to learn to forgive people because they're doing on-the-job training. You don't recognize that they never had an example. The hardest thing that there is to be in the world is something you never saw before. It's so hard to be something you've never seen before. I, I, I didn't know this. I, I think I would have gave my dad a little more of a break if I would have known his testimony and that his dad was just never, his dad wasn't around. My dad uh, used to be, he's very, uh, he was very famous in the city. He was very popular in the city. He went to Emerson High School. He actually holds some of the touchdown and rushing records for that, uh, that high school. And since the high school ended, uh, it turned into a middle school. Nobody ever broke those records. So he still literally, dubbed, you know, he holds the most records. Trust me, he knew all, his favorite subject was him too. But <laughs> he knew all these records. He was, he was a great football player. And so I will literally, to this day, I'll be downtown. I'll be like on the t at the tower, like getting in the elevator at the tower. And somebody will just look at me and just say, Donnie Banks. <laughs> they think I'm my father. Or they know me because they know my father. That's how popular he was in the city. And he was a big man. He was a stat like a statue of a man. But drugs do you bad. And he had become such a small sort of caricature of himself. When I was about 10 or 11 years old, we were wrestling at home. We were, we were wrestling. I still remember this. I remember what it smelled like, what it looked like. I remember we were eating uh, um, Popeye's chicken and the biscuits were stale. I don't know why, but I remember that. He was like, don't eat those biscuits. I don't know. I was like, where'd you get this from? Anyway, <laughs> whose chicken is this? No. <laughs> We were wrestling. I remember the songs we were singing, the jokes he was telling, everything. And then all of a sudden, it was like a, in a movie, it was a record scratch. He grabbed me, he held me so tight, I couldn't move. He accessed the strength that he once had before. It was a Samson moment for him. And he just looked me in my face and he said, I'm about to change my life. One day, one decision, not a, not, a, not a lot of vacillating back and forth. You know, the, the Bible says salvation happens in the mind. This is the day. It means this moment. At this moment, uh, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm making a decision right now. He made a decision right then. He changed his mind right then. And the next day, he went into a place called Victory Outreach. And I will say that he, you know, he never drank again. I'm sure he never drank again. I'm sure he he never smoked again. I will say he never cursed again, but I'd be lying. You know, it's happening. Okay. <laughs> but he made up his mind. He said, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. And he introduced our family to Jesus Christ. All of a sudden now, now I knew my grandmother knew Jesus because she sung all the songs. She would walk around singing, the, I'm coming up. On the rough side, see, y'all don't know that song, right? of the mountain. I, said, I don't want to be saved if that's what it feel like. <laughs> Coming up the rough side of the mountain. I'm doing my best to make it. Look, somebody over there like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I knew we had a picture of Jesus. But when, when I tell you my dad introduced Jesus to our family line, everything changed. All of a sudden, everything shifted. And, and what's funny is that I still lived in the crack house over here. Lived in the drug house. My mom did drugs. My sister sold drugs. She was, it was a real situation. 
And over here, I lived in the church house. Over here, it was Easy E and Ice Cube. Over here is Father Abraham, had me any sons. And I lived under this, look, somebody, you couldn't help it. And me and these sons have Father Abraham. He was like, we got to do it. Ride on. And I grew up under this weird dichotomy. One side of my family living one way. Another side of my family living the other way. I just, I wanted to tell you that testimony because I believe that there is one side of, of what you've learned, one side of what God is doing that's about to blow away the other side, that's about to radically affect the other side. And all you have to do is lean into, thank you, Lord Jesus, all you have to do is lean into the God. Woo, I had to lean into my father's God. I had to lean into my father's God, and all of a sudden it eradicated. I started praying for my mom. I started praying heavy for my mom, and I was praying, God, save my mom, save my mom, save my mom, save my mom, and she got arrested. I was like, Lord, that's not what I was praying. <laughs> she went to jail. Sometimes you got to hit rock bottom to find the rock at the bottom. She got to rock bottom and she accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. So by the time I'm 14, my, my dad saved, and it's, it's, everybody's living right over here. My mom saved, and everybody's living right over here. And now I got to forget everything I learned for 14 years. <laughs> I got to forget how uh, all the stuff that was in my family line, all the ugly, all the gang stuff, all, all the culture stuff. I had to forget it. I had to, I had to forget it. And, and, and this was such a problem for me, and it actually took me a long time, even to the point where three or four years later, I ended up uh, uh, getting with my girlfriend at the time, and we had a baby out of wedlock. My dad was a preacher by then. He was so upset and disappointed at me. But I'm so grateful that God is not the God of the second chance. God is the God of another chance. Because I was off my second chance a long time ago, and God still gave me another chance, and another chance, and another chance, and another chance, and another chance. And if some of y'all are on your 357 chance, some of y'all are on your 3,000th chance. Amen? Amen. So can we just celebrate God that he's the God of another chance? Now, I, I said all this as a precursor. So that not so much that you can know my life, but so that you can understand that it, it, it happens to all of us. We all have stuff that we have to get through and go through. But I love that God is introducing woo, the kingdom to our families. He's introducing the kingdom to our lifestyle. He's stepping in and introducing the kingdom. Now, I want to tell you about Abraham and Isaac because I think it correlates to my dad and, and myself. Abraham and Isaac are uh, one and the same. Abraham is Isaac's father. He prayed for Isaac. He, and, and in fact, Lord Jesus, I don't have time to talk about all this. The Bible says that God told Abraham, I'm about to bless you with a baby. I'm about to bless you with a baby. I'm about to bless you with a baby. And Abraham was looking down at his loins like, no, nah, that stuff don't work no more. I don't know what you're talking about. And Sarah, oh, oh. He said, I'm old, Sarah old, none of the stuff that you need to make babies works anymore. 
He says, so we're going to have a problem with this. I, I love that, that God always brings beauty out of barrenness. I love that, that, that my barrenness doesn't disqualify me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I love that the fact that my dad was on drugs doesn't disqualify me for him to bring beauty out, for, for him to give my father a blessing, which is me. And, and my father didn't know that I was going to be who I was or that I was going to turn out to what I turned out. But I'm so grateful. My father passed away about three years ago, but I'm so grateful that he got to see me as me right now. He got to see me preaching the gospel and telling people about Jesus. I'm I'm so grateful that before he died, he realized the beauty and the baby that was born out of his barrenness. God told Abraham, I'm going to give you a baby. And Abraham loved that baby. And he, he tried to be the best example he could, but he was still kind of messed up because we're all kind of messed up. We're all kind of messed up. Um, Abraham had a, had a girlfriend. I talked about this at the first service. He had a wife. Uh, I don't know anything about her except that she had to be fine. Like, fine, fine. Like, F-I-O-N. Like, fine. How do I know this? Well, I know this because Abraham went to a city. He went to a city, and he was in the city, and he looked at his wife, and he said, look, if anybody asks you, tell them you're my sister. Because if you tell them you're my wife, they're going to kill me. That's how fine she was. Lord have mercy. A man would commit murder about this person. That's how fine she was. And so he lied to the people. He lied to the king. He, he lied to Pharaoh. And the Pharaoh even went and got him and said, hey, man, why'd you lie? Abraham said, I, I, I don't know. I thought you was going to kill me. He said, no, nah, man. He said, I, I almost want to kill you now. He said, because I could have took her. She fine. This happened in Genesis chapter 12, right after God tells Abraham he is the blessing of the Lord. He's going to receive so much stuff and God's going to bless him. And he still walks right into his sin nature. Chapter 26, that's where we are today. Chapter 26, chapter 26, chapter 26. This is this is literally 40 years later. 40 years, 40 years later, Isaac wasn't thought of when this happened in Genesis chapter 12. 40 years later, Isaac has a wife. He goes to see a king named Abimelech. His wife must have been fine. Fine. How do you know, Pastor Dante? Well, 40 years later, Isaac is walking with his wife. <laughs> and all the men from the city start looking around. And the same sin nature that was in Abraham is also in Isaac. Because you know what Isaac does? He looks at his wife. He says, hey, tell him you're my, you my sister. Because if they see how fine you are, they're going to kill me. The king was named Abimelech at the time. The king went and found uh, Isaac. He said, hey, man, hey, what's wrong with y'all? <laughs> you and your daddy, y'all all messed up. Y'all got problems. Why would y'all do this? This is not even a good idea. He was like, that's not a good idea. I could have took this woman to myself. Same problem. Same issue. He didn't have to teach it just like you don't have to teach your child a lie. All, all, all they do is, and my, my youngest son, he, would, uh, he could climb the baby fence when he was like one and a half. He could scale the fence. It's insane. It's true, though. 
We thought we had a mouse. We thought we had a mouse in the refrigerator because there was little bite marks in the cheese. And my, I'm not Abraham or Isaac. I'm telling the truth. And this is not my sister. Bless the Lord. The, the cheese had little bite marks in it. Tab showed me the cheese and the weenies. <laughs> she said, it must be an animal or something. I said, in the refrigerator? Like, oh no, that's a big rat that can open the refrigerator. I call, we used to call him baby. I don't know why we shouldn't have done that because he stayed a baby for a very long time. <laughs> I said, baby, come here. I said, did you eat this cheese? It's in his line. <laughs> I said, did you eat this cheese? He couldn't talk, but he shake that head. No. I said, let me see your teeth. <laughs> I put the teeth up next to the cheese. I was a CSI investigator. Perfect match. You're going to jail. All of a sudden, Dominique says, yeah, he can climb the gate. My, my oldest son said, he can climb the gate. I said, he could climb the gate. He's 18 months. How can he climb the gate? He could climb the gate. I, nobody taught him how to lie. Nobody taught him how to manipulate. It was in him. It's the same sin nature that's in each one of us. Isaac. Back to Isaac. Genesis chapter 26. In the same chapter where he, he lied about his his. His wife, God says, no, I'm about to do a reset. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. This is where I want to start. You can start the clock right here. He says, this is, Pastor Daniel, like, bro. He said, I'm about to do a reset. And the same promises that I made to your father. I'm about to make to you. I want to tell you today, I want to speak this over your life, the same promises that God made to your mother, to your mother's mother, to your mother's mother, mother. God said, I'm about to keep my promise. The same promise I made, I'm about to do it through, I didn't do it through them, I'm about to do it through you. They didn't see it, but you're going to see it. I want to just celebrate somebody who says, my family didn't see it, it, it ran in my family actually until it ran into me. Now it's broken, it'll never be the same again, and I'm, I, if my family was in poverty, I believe God is going to bring me out of poverty. If my family was alcoholics, I'm going to be alcohol free. If my family was addicts, I'm not going to be an addict. I'm going to go in the opposite direction because God is about to fulfill the promises that he, is there anybody who can say, God's going to do it through me. I'm available, God. You can use my hands. You can use my feet. I know you didn't, you didn't see it in my mama. You didn't see it in my grandmother, but you're about to do it through Through me. I want to give you, I want to give you, I want to give you three, three quick quick points because what happens is something very significant. God tells Isaac, he says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go access the wells that belong to your father. I want you to access the wells that belong to your father. I want you to, I want you to go back to the wells that belong to your father. See, Abraham had dug some wells 
and the enemy had clogged up the wells. And I believe there are some people in here, we're talking about kingdom families, and some of you have come from a line or a lineage where your grandmother tried to tell you what's right. She tried to show you what's right, and she already pre-dug the well for you. So you're not going to have to work as hard. Lord have mercy, Jesus. You're not going to have to work as hard because somebody already prayed for you. Somebody already had you on their mind. They took the time to pray for you. And is there anybody that can say, I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed. Your, my mother's prayers kept me out of trouble. My mother's prayers kept me saved. My mother's prayers. My grandmother's prayers. My great-grandmother's prayers. They didn't get everything right, but you know what they got right? They prayed for me. They prayed for me. And I, and I believe that Abraham set Isaac up in such a way that all Isaac had to do was dig up the wells that his father had already dug. This is the season now for you to go back and access those wells. It's the season now for you to go back and get what, what, what the enemy tried to cover up and conceal and tell you you weren't good enough to access it. You weren't good enough to have it. And I believe this is the season for you to dig up some old wells. This is the season for that. Again, everybody is not going to get this, and this might not be for everybody. But I believe there are some people in here that you know where the water is. You know that the Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And I, I know that there's somebody in here who says, no, there's a river inside of me. There's a river alive inside of me. I'm going to access the well that my grandmother prayed into me, that my great-grandmother prayed into me. Let's access the wells. There was, there was already some wells dug there. And what happened is um, Isaac went to access the, the well, and the first well he went to access was called uh, Essek. Essek. E-S-E-K. Essek. The first well he went to access. And you know what Hebrew for, uh, for, for Essek is? It's strife. It's strife. You said, I've been trying to live right for God, but I got this, this strife, this anxiety that I've been dealing with. And I try to put the beer down. I try to put the alcohol down. I'm trying to access the well that belongs to me, but I, got, I, I feel like I, I, there's a, a certain amount of strife that I got to deal with. Uh, my kids aren't acting the way that I think they should be acting. My family, my job isn't turning out the way it should be turning out. But I want you to know that there is another well. Lord have mercy. There is another well. And God said, hey, hey, I know you been having trouble with this well, but I want you to access another well. You've been dealing with the strife, the strife of, 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 of being the oldest child or being the middle child. Lord have mercy. That's the hard one right there. You've been, you've been trying to access it. Some of you, have you, you're the only one to ever try to do this. The only one to be an entrepreneur, the only one to step out of your family, to, to do something. And they, everybody treats you weird. Again, this might not be for everybody, but who it's for, I need you to say amen so I know I'm on the right track. Amen. God said, it's time to dig another well. The, the second well that they went over to, Lord, Jesus, I don't, have time to, I don't have time to finish all this. The second well they went over to is called Senta. 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 You know what that, you know, you know what that well represents? Conflict. I, I, I try to get my family slaved. I try to tell people about Jesus. It always ends up in conflict. It, it doesn't matter what I say. I, I'm trying to do right by them. 
I'm, I'm trying to say the right things and it ends up in comfort. Lord, give me the right language, God. I, I'm always at sitting there. I'm always at this weird space with my family. God said, yeah, that it's, it's going to be like that. He said, it's okay. Dig another well. He said, I, 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 I'm tired, God. I've been trying. I'm, I'm trying. He said, yeah, I know. I want you to dig another well. The final well that Isaac goes to dig is called Rehoboth. Rehoboth. He gets to the place of Rehoboth, and, and, and all of a sudden he starts digging. He starts digging when the first well at Essex didn't work. And it, it, it only produced strife in his life. He kept digging. He went, when, Sittner, when the well at Sitna didn't work and it produced conflict between him and, his, him and his family and he's just trying to do right and live for God and teach his children to live for God, but it still produced conflict in his life. Sitna didn't work. But all of a sudden, when he gets to Rehoboth, all of a sudden, when he starts digging at Rehoboth, uh, he starts to hear the water moving. He starts to hear something coming up. All of a sudden, as he pushes, whoo, Thank you, Lord Jesus. As he puts his shovel back in the dirt again. Here, this is what I came to tell you. Put your shovel back in the dirt again. This is the time for you to start digging. I don't know where you came from. I don't know how you got here. But I know you are sent here for this purpose. For you to hear me say this, dig again. Dig again. Dig again. Dig again. There is a Rehoboth waiting on you. I want to I wanna tell you something. When he started digging that Rehoboth, all of a sudden a well sprung up. A well that he didn't have access to before sprung up. And I believe God is about to give you access to a new Rehoboth. To a new place. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to benefit you in a way that you, it didn't benefit your father. In a way that it didn't benefit your grandfather. But you got to dig. You got to dig. You keep thinking it's not going to work because it didn't work for them. But God said, no, here's the, here's the season. You got to dig. Let me tell you what a well is. A well, a well is new revelation that was once hidden. A well is new revelation that was once hidden. God is about to start revealing things to you in a different way. He's about to do it in a different way, but you got to keep digging. And when you get blocked up or when you get stopped, you know what you got to do. You got to dig a new well. You got to dig a new well. You got to dig a new well. If the kids aren't acting the way that they're supposed to, dig a new well. What does that mean? It means try another thing. Try again. Go back after it. Of course it was hard. Life is hard. Of course it produced strife. Life produces strife. Of course it produces conflict. Life produces conflict, but you got to dig another well. Wells reveal things that were hidden. God's about to show you things that your family never had access to because now you're a part of a kingdom family. And all of a sudden you get kingdom principles that were locked up for one part of your family that's going to be unlocked for you. Second point. Wells are actually rivers that have been buried. There, there's, a, there's a river, there's a flow inside you, inside your family. It's just been buried. It's just been buried. There's something that's drawing you back. There's something, there's a sound. Ooh, Lord have mercy. They, they, if you look up uh, African well diggers, you know what these people do? They spend all day with their head on the ground listening for the sound. What they're looking for the sound of is a raging water that nobody has. It's, they're in the desert with their ear to the ground. I need you to figure out how to put 
put your ear to the ground. Even when you can't hear anything or see anything, you got to believe God for yourself. You got to be an African well digger. You got to put your head to the ground. And by the way, that's the prayer position. Prostrate, head to the ground. So you can access a river that's been locked up. Beneath the surface, there's something moving underneath there. And some of, some of you guys, God is calling you to access something that's been locked up. It's been hidden. Here's the last one. Wells are access to something that's alive. You thought it was dead. You thought, listen, <laughs> your children going to be all right. Let me help somebody in here. I believe that prophetically you've been in here worried and worried and worried that it was too late, that it was over for them, that they don't have no chance. And God said, nope, it's alive. It's down there. You got to keep digging. It's alive. It's down there. It's a life. Rivers represent life. There is life down there. You got to keep digging. And I say to you prophetically, before you give up on that baby, before you give up on that baby, dig another well. Before you give up on that child, before you give up on your future, dig another. Well, I believe, I believe that God's about to do something miraculous in your family and he's going to do it through you. But here's how you access it. You dig another well. So what? It didn't work last time. Dig another well. You ready to give up on your marriage? Don't give up. Dig another well. Pull out your shovel. You have access to Abraham's wells. Let me help you right here. You have access to Abraham's wells. But you can't quit. You got to dig another well. Don't give I know the doctor said your kid got ADA every day, every alphabet letter there is. Here's what you got to do. Love on them. Spend time with them. Speak into their life because you got to dig another well. God has a purpose and a plan. And listen, you know how I know you're qualified to parent that child? Because God picked you. Wait, wait, wait. He told Jeremiah this. He said, before the earth was framed, I knew you. We're so selfish that we only see that as being about us. But if he knew me, then he knew my son. And he knew who needed to be his father. If he knew knew my son, he knew exactly who needed to be his father. If he knew me, he knew who needed to be my father. So I don't get to just blame my dad. Oh, you, 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 you did drugs. I don't get to do that. I, even I have to dig another well. I have to say, no, no, no. My father set a legacy in my life, in my family. He changed his life. He showed me how to change. And because he showed me how to change, I knew how to help others change. I don't know why this turned into a message about children. I, 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 I actually didn't intend for it to take that turn. I really feel like this is helping somebody. I want to give you one more thing. We talk so much about the prodigal son. All the decisions he made, all the wrong choices he made. Some of y'all have been the prodigal. Some of y'all currently are the prodigal. Some of you, your children are prodigal. 
prodigal just means this. It, it, it means out there. This is the season I believe God is calling you back in from the outside. And if it's you that has a child that's out there, I believe this message is for you. I want to encourage you one other way. When that child made a decision, when that, when that man got up off the ground and said, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this life. I'm sick of sleeping with the pigs. I'm sick of not doing it the way God has planned for me. I'm sick of living outside where I'm supposed to live. You know what he said? He said, I'm going home. I'm going home. He made it up in his mind. He made one decision. He made it up in his mind, just like my father when he stood there and he shook me and he said, I'm going to change my life. The prodigal son stood up and he shook himself. Lord have mercy. There was nobody else to shake. So he shook himself and said, I'm going home. Here's the part I want you to get though. I want you to get this. I want you to get this for kingdom families. I want you to get this for kingdom families, especially if you taught your child, if you taught them how to live for kingdom, if you taught them about the gospel, if you taught them to live right. I want to help you with just this last little fact and I'm done. That child did not need a map to go home. That child, that prodigal, crazy, drunken child knew the exact route to get back home. I want to help you right here because somebody in your life spoke to you and gave you enough information that when it was time to turn your life around, you didn't need any help. You didn't have to ask any questions. You knew exactly where to go back to. When it was time to turn your life around, when it was time for you to go home, you didn't need GPS or a map. You just went right back to the father's house. And I'm here to say to the mother that's been praying for your child, to the father that's been praying for your wayward child, I want to I wanna just thank you right now because you put the GPS instructions on the inside of them. And even if you don't see it in this lifetime, I thank God that they have the DNA to go home when it's time to go home. I thank God that they have the DNA to return back to the father's house. Can we just celebrate everybody who's coming back home right now? We haven't seen it yet, but we're going to dig another well for them. We haven't seen it yet, but we're going to dig another well for our children, for our marriages, for our loved ones, for the people who are wayward. We're going to dig another well because I believe they're coming back home in Jesus' name. Can we celebrate Jesus all over the building? Come on. God made a promise to you. He said, he said that his favor would be upon you for a thousand generations. If that's true, then it's not going to skip any. If that's true, it's not going to skip any. I believe God is going to bring your child back home. I believe God is bringing some of you guys back home. I believe you are the wayward child. But God said, here it is. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations. Wasn't that a powerful word? Wasn't that a powerful word by Pastor Dante? And that message, that message is completely different than the first service's message. And I'm encouraging you, you need to hear the first service's message as well. It'll be on the podcast by tomorrow. Um, 
pastors aren't supposed to do that, by the way. That's cheating. You're supposed to do the same message. He cheated. But that's okay. Last night, we went, I went to dinner. Janelle and I went to dinner with Pastor Dante and Tabitha. And he told this story about when his father said, when he grabbed him by the arms and said, I'm going to change my life. And I forgot that Dante had told me that story before. I'd heard him say that years before. When Whenever Dante and I sit down to talk, four or five hours goes by. No joke. It's four or five hours. The first time we met, we talked, five hours went by. And we were like, oh, well, it's good to meet you. We better go home, right? And it's, that's kind of how it is. So I've heard him tell this story when he says that his father grabbed him by the arms and said, I'm going to change my life. His father was addicted at that time. Last night I went home. I could not get that out of my head. Like, I tried to go to sleep. I was so delirious. I think we ate too much food. But I was so delirious. And I kept hearing. I got up. I had fallen asleep. Bro, we ate so much food. I should have been in a coma for eight hours. I got up out of bed. I sat with Janelle. And I said, I can't stop seeing this scenario that changed everything everything I am going to change my life it's like a scene from a movie it's like the opening of a Netflix series or something where a father grabbing his child in the midst of hell and saying I'm gonna change my life let me tell you something my mom did that my mom did that she's here today she did that in the late 70s. I'm going to change my life. I'm changing things for my family. Now you could say that's bold. You could say that's prideful. Oh, well, you don't know. You don't know how, life, how hard life is going to get. I'm telling you, when you put seed in the ground, something's going to grow. And she put faith in the ground. Dante's father put faith in the ground. I'm going to change my life. When Janelle and I got married, I remember we sat down and we used to talk all the time for hours about different things. And I remember just saying, we are going to change this about our future. We talked about the lineage. We saw what was in the line of our families. This is why you got to hear his first message from the first service. He talks all about this. The stuff that affects us generationally. The things that are new to us, but really they've been affecting our parents and our grandparents and our grandparents' parents. There's something so powerful about making the decision to change your life, to set a new foundation, to draw a line in the sand and say, hey, I know what we're going through and I know what we've been through, but this stops with us. This dysfunction stops with us. Divorce stops with us. Abuse, pornography, insanity, brokenness, hostility stops with us. Secrets stops with us. When you bring it all out into the open, the enemy has nothing to play with anymore because it's all exposed. See, this is the thing where we get wrong about, sh about sin. We think that bringing it out is shameful. What it actually is, it's courageous and liberating. Well, what's the saying? Uh, uh, revealing the feeling is the first step to healing. Sounds very catchy, but it's very true. When you reveal the feeling of like, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm going through. The enemy loses his grip yeah. on keeping that as a bondage over your life. 
And that's what Dante's dad did. That's what my mom did. She, she, she's told me this story before. And I get this picture all the time. Because I get this picture for you and your families. She tells me she had uh, one, one of my brothers in her arms and the other, uh, she had me by the hand. And she was walking out the door. I hope, is dad here today? No? Okay, good. I'll tell her like it is. She was like, I'm done with you. I'm done. I'm not putting my family through this like I just went through. Lo and behold, my dad got saved. He got saved. We became, as children, as a family, we became the nucleus. Now, I've told you guys this story about my aunts and uncles and all the family members that have gotten saved as a result of this. But here's the thing. That's just the beginning. Salvation is just the beginning. You're setting the foundation for a future. I often tell people about Grace Avenue Church. Some people get it, and then some people don't. They come, and they're like, oh, this isn't for me. That's okay. But those of you who do get it, here's why you, 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 you really get it. This is a first-generation church. It's the first generation. You are the Abraham. Seriously, for people in this church, for your family. Andrew, I remember that... that that you telling me that story about sleeping, you know, under park benches while your family was going through. You were a little boy, you know, never knowing what family is, never opening up and talking to anybody. Come on, we can't take church for granted. This is community. This is the body. Dealing with alcoholism and brokenness. I didn't even know. He'd just come to our church and he's like, this is my first time actually even speaking openly about anything from my past. This is a grown man with kids. God does not want us bottled up with all this emotion and undealt with stuff. He's trying to break us free and he's trying to break the cycles. Yeah. Right? But like Israel in the Old Testament, we keep going back. We keep going to rebellion. We keep going back to stubbornness and God's trying to break us free. I believe today was the day for many of us, something broke free. Right. Kingdom invaded the darkness. The enemy lost his grip on your family and on your marriage. Oh, he'll come back. He'll come back. It says when Jesus was tempted, when the enemy walked away, he said he went away until another opportunity would come. So he'll come back, but you can keep the door locked. You can set the alarm. Father, bless everyone in here today. Thank you for what you've done in this church today. Thank you for what you've done in hearts and in minds. Thank you for stirring up generosity. Thank you for stirring up love. Thank you for stirring up hope. Thank you for stirring up vision, Lord Jesus. We give you honor today for the lives that you've changed and the lives that you've touched. Well, I pray that that word blessed you. If you'd like to know more about Grace Avenue Church or want to know more about how to be a part of what God has called us to here in the city of San Antonio, or if you'd like to sow financially into our vision and mission, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks so much for listening. We hope to see you soon.